0: Realities explores the paranormal, preternatural, and supernatural worlds that surround us. Here we delve into those topics that challenge us to think outside the limitations of realism, where we test the boundaries of imagination and are forced to think outside the confines and restrictions of what is normal. We are the creators, the writers, the artists, and the insane. Welcome to our weird realities.
1: everyone this is hadley thorne and i am here today with weird murders mysteries and mayhem alum miss jen Salmons. and um jen hello how are you doing today? i'm doing good how are you <laughs> doing pretty good um <laughs> this is just one of our getting to know you sessions and it's just jennifer and i having a conversation uh we'll talk a little bit about weird murders mysteries and mayhem what has gotten jen involved in our our stuff that we're doing here at weird realities as well as i um, just getting to know her a little bit better so um if you're there and you're tuned in be sure to give us a comment you know this is a live streaming event and oh it's landa hey landa we're definitely um here yeah. for conversation so all right jency so you want to give us a little bit of background hey, about, about yourself
0: <laughs> Oh well. Um... I have uh, a degree in um, counseling, and I'm a therapist here in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I have a private practice, and been doing telehealth since the pandemic. Um, I don't know, lots of stuff.
1: <laughs> we well, you, have you a- do the critical <laughs> incident stuff too, which is very interesting.
0: Um, yes. Um, I. Most people have an employee assistance program or an EAP, which most corporations and companies have that as one of the benefits. Well, one of the things they asked me to do is to go on a site. For example, if there's a mass layoff, I've only had that once, where they have to let people go. They have a therapist on staff there ready to talk to everybody and talk to them about their options for getting an EAP at that time. Um, it's different than insurance. Um, and then most of the critical incidents are um, people have passed away um, either on the site or a long time employee. Like <clears throat> somebody's worked for a company for 30 years and um, it's kind of the anchor of the place and people, um they call us in to basically um go and be there as a support system for those people that are pretty upset about it i've had one that was like she was really young and that was pretty traumatic for everybody there um i went to a school shooting but there were probably 20 of us at the school shooting um and that was in kansas and last week, two weeks ago, something like that, um, I went because they were firing a long time employee who had made, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He had made threats of violence <laughs> towards himself mostly, but they were a little scared of what that was going to mean for them. So get yeah, an idea of what I me- do.
1: To me, you know, there's there's a lot of times when older people make comments that are taken out of context today. So,
0: yes, well, and that was probably the case more so than than anything with this. Um, they gave him the option to retire. That's how long he had been there.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, and and when I was looking at doing a true crime podcast, that was one of the interesting things about Jennifer that I wanted to bring in was that you know, here we know someone who actually is out and about and they're they're seeing criminal behavior from a different perspective. And I thought that would be something really cool to kind of bring onto the conversation. Because, you know, Weird Realities isn't so much about, you know, um We're not reporting news. We're not, you know, really doing anything more than just having conversations about things that we find interesting and seeing what other people think and take away from it. So always try and and say that what we're pulling together here is a conversation that you have with friends. And that's how we feel about um, our listeners. You know, Landa has become a good friend of ours um, since we started. And it's just, you know, that's what we're about. We're about making connections and exploring creative thought and looking at the things that are happening in society that, you know, is kind of shaping the worlds and our personal worlds. But Jen does offer an amazing perspective, not to mention she is a longtime friend of mine. So it's a double win for me.
0: Yeah, I've I've known you a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, hot minute. <laughs> we don't tell anybody how long. Um, but yeah, she um, she corrupted me in my youth. Let's just put it that way.
0: Oh please, <laughs> lies! I tell you. Um, well. I actually wasn't around long enough to be the corrupter. I don't think was I.
1: You were. <laughs> I won't tell details, but uh, there was this one incident.
0: <laughs> yeah. okay. Oh my god, you have the incident even. Which one? <laughs> what were what, what you talking about? Well, I
1: think that I mean I'm the one that took you out to the bars and.
0: Oh was, yeah, I'm, I was gonna say who's Kristin who at seventeen. <laughs> yeah. I was. I think I was close to 18 when I moved there, pretty close, but not quite.
1: You were. Um. You moved that summer, before your 18th birthday.
0: Yep. Got introduced to uh, those red ants that are there.
1: Yeah, fire ants. Yeah, we have fire ants here. But um. But yeah, we had we had some good times. We've got some great memories, and some some we probably don't remember that well because it was very very hazy back in the day. <laughs>
0: But. It can just make us laugh thinking about it. <laughs> I, I went straight to ground zero. I was like, oh, geez.
1: <laughs> Lots of trouble there. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, Jen and I. just
0: I apologize. Okay, so I got completely off track because then I went to the recovery room. All right. Anyway, I'm talking bars, people. That's, that's what I'm doing. Um, so way back in the day. Supposedly I corrupted Heather, but we went to our senior year together at Brandon High School in Mississippi. I had moved there from Detroit. It's a little bit of a culture shock. But what it did tell me was that I can make friends anywhere. Heather's my little diamond in the rough.
1: Yeah, she said she saw me and she knew. I she did. knew we were destined to be friends.
0: <laughs> I don't know how, but I kind of just knew. And I haven't regretted that a minute since, by the no, way.
1: No. We're those friends that we cannot talk for 10 years and then pick up the phone and it's like we never stop talking. Right. And that, that's that happened. You know, there's been there's been times we've gone through real um a lot of distance where things yeah. were going in our lives that um we just kind of lost contact contact over but but that's not that's not what we're here. we're going to talk about some weird murders mysteries and mayhem
0: well so. i just did to hear you were saying that the next show was going to be on jfk
1: yes the next murders mysteries and mayhem is going to be on the jfk assassination and just kind of the mystery surrounding jfk i think will be fine um Scott Baker has done a lot of research into the topic, and he suggested it. So we thought that would be a good one. I know it's something that you know a lot of us are you know interested in or curious and There was about. a really
0: good documentary the other day. Um, Kevin Costner played the uh, prosecutor in that one that was by Oliver Stone. The mm-hmm. movie. Um. And you know I love me some Yellowstone, so I have to point out that I did like him on that. But I, that, by the way, Yellowstone—if you haven't watched it, gotta get on it. <laughs> it's the best show, and that role was made for him. Like it's my favorite role of his by far. Really? Oh. Oh,
1: I'm I'm gonna have to hold out for Bull Durham for Kevin Costner.
0: I it was a very good one. I'm telling you, but there. Didn't you
1: used a- to have the Bull Durham poster?
0: Um, no. I don't think so. Oh, I, I thought well,
1: you did about the small little woman's back and all that. I thought that, that was you.
0: No, that wasn't me. Maybe it was it, Morgana or somebody. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah, so I I think it's fascinating. I mean, there's lots of I read the Sammy Gravano, Sammy the Bull Gravano book and One of the chapters, he kind of goes into it and he was like, it's well known that the mafia was involved. And he's like, you know, with Jack Ruby being the person who ends up shooting, what's his name? I can't even think what the shooter's name was. Um,
1: Oswald.
0: Yes, Oswald. With Jack Ruby shooting Oswald. I mean, that part, it was like why... Harvey Oswald, for
1: those who were wondering... Oh. Lee Harvey Oswald, that was the whole name
0: Yes And why is it that uh, like People who do terrible, terrible things You know their middle name
1: I don't know, maybe there's a lot of Lee Harvey's out there Lee Harvey, does kind of seems like it might be common I don't know There's a lot of stuff A lot of stuff to unpack with the whole thing But we'll be doing that on our show coming up We won't do that today okay. Today we're getting to know Jen So Jen, let's talk about you um, oh yay okay what about me <laughs> I don't know um, let's just say so going, going back to high school and we connected there um, she actually moved in next door to one of my best friends and the whole the hilarity over Jen moving to Mississippi starts <laughs> off with cows and ends with snow days um,
0: <laughs> should I tell the story
1: You should tell the story because it's so cute.
0: Okay, so my parents were already at the house. The realtor was going to bring me over. I was staying, I think it was an apartment that the railroad had got for my dad. And I was staying there. My parents went on over and the realtor was coming to pick me up and going to take me over to my house. Well, it seemed like a really long trip to me. I was like, oh, okay. And then I look over and I see like cows in the pasture and I'm like, oh, okay we must be still pretty far out. Like, I just didn't, I didn't understand why we were so far away still. And she's like, Oh, no, we're on your street. And I said, but there's cows. <laughs> and I pointed to the cows. and She said, Yeah, and kept driving. And I was like, Wait, what? There's cows on my street. And not to mention the fact that I've never lived in a place where there were cows anywhere near. You have to kind of keep that in mind. I moved from Detroit. Before that, it was Chicago. I lived in neighborhoods like like yours. Not Heather. a rural yours area. In the <laughs> Not a rural area. No. But like your neighborhood would have been something I would have expected to drive into.
1: Yeah, I lived in the suburbs, but where her parents moved, it was out. Um, the, y'all had a couple of acres that y'all lived on.
0: It was an acre and a half, if I remember correctly.
1: I remember your dad mowing.
0: Yes. Loved taking care of that lawn. That was his thing.
1: It looked good. He did a good job.
0: Except for when but I yeah, had so the She wasn't
1: used to the cows. That was number one. She thought that she, you know.
0: <laughs> they cows. She was
1: going to the country.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I really thought I was moving
1: to a country. And you got to keep in mind. That, so. that he, and, and let me tell you all. You gotta keep in mind that this is like a five ten minute drive to the capital city, so it really wasn't like we were she was out in the country I mean this is you know just an unexpected bunch of cows
0: <laughs> well, there were cows, but my and- favorite is
1: when you talk about how the um how uh, the the hot weather and the snow days
0: okay, so it's like ten o'clock on a school day in the morning and I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so late for school. I can't believe my mom didn't wake me up. So I run downstairs and she's outside and kind of doing something. I don't know, in the backyard, probably more lawn stuff because we had an acre and a half. And (laughs) I was like, mom, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I need to get, I needed to go to school. What is going on? And she goes, no, Jenny, don't make fun. (laughs) I said, of what? And she goes, they thought it might snow. Now, again, <laughs> coming from Detroit down to Mississippi, it could be two feet of snow and it didn't matter. You were going to school in Detroit. There, it might snow. It didn't snow that day, by the way. It was like 45. It was beautiful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone who has driven with these crazy people, when it has snowed, it's not the snow so much as it is the ice. So we don't, we don't have, um, because it is, and keep in mind, it is relatively hot here most of the year. We just don't have the preparation for when it does get cold and the overpasses freeze over. And, oh my God, people talk about black ice. It's the scariest thing ever. But um, we just, we're just not prepared for it. So.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And this is just, and, and I'll tell you this, I don't know if I've even mentioned this, but a couple of years ago, um, the, the snow, the, it snowed in town, and they had to make people leave work. They shut down the entire state um, offices, everything. <laughs> well, because people were wrecking. I mean, because they don't yeah. know how to drive in it. And so it's, it is a hazard for the people to be on the streets.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> I I figured that out when I was like, it might snow (laughs) and it's like beautiful outside. And I'm looking around going, seriously, (laughs) I'm surprised they even had people at work that day when it might snow. And then it did like that's shocking.
1: Yeah. Well, Landa lives in Texas and she's saying that they get made of fun of for their snow days too. It's a true, (laughs) true problem down here in the South. Um, we're just not used to it. I mean, I remember when there was like a bad snowstorm in Atlanta a couple of years ago and people were stuck on the interstate. Like right. for hours, like they were running out of gas because they were stuck. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> well, it's not something I normally had heard. I, seriously, it could, it didn't matter. Chicago or Detroit, you were going to school. It didn't matter how miserable it was outside. I mean, I remember standing by the bus and having the snow blowing in my face and I couldn't see. Yep. <laughs> did not matter. Yep. You were going.
1: Get frostbite. Don't matter.
0: Yep. Pretty much. So I, I lived there my senior year only.
1: Well, no, you lived so You Came, went to school. No, no I'm saying in, in high school. It was yeah. my
0: only my senior year. And then I went to um, Heinz Community College. Is it now like a, something different?
1: No, it's still the community college. It's like the okay. biggest in the state.
0: Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, and it had dorms, which I thought was, it made it very unique. Don't you think? No. Really? see community colleges around here do not have that
1: well, some do and some don't here so um but I guess it was I don't know you know I I, I went to Heinz like for summer school um just not like for I didn't I didn't live out They only had that one campus that's got the the um dormitories and stuff though and I lived there.
0: I yep. got out, got out of the house as soon as I could that summer, my senior year.
1: <coughs> Do you remember us going? And you were living at the dorm because I remember it was like August after senior after um after we graduated, and you were out there going to school. And we went to the Stevie Ray Vaughan concert. Yes, I remember. Um, I forget. Kurt I Barry, walked you know. in
0: a Joe Cocker fan and walked out a Stevie Ray Vaughan.
1: Yeah, I turned you on to Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's the best thing I ever did. Maybe <laughs> not the best, but it's up there. It's up there with the highlights of my life as I turned some money on to Stevie Ray Vaughan. That oh, was, yeah. That was a great was concert.
0: amazing. He was definitely amazing. And to yeah, see and both that of them. That was the summer when he died. died. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, the- that was a big
1: thing because I saw him at Memphis and... In- May and that May or April, it might have been the Bill Street Blues Fest. Anyway, um, I saw him earlier that year, and then when he came to town, it was it was really weird because like he opened up for Joe Cocker, but it wasn't really like either one of them was bigger than the other, you know? Because I didn't really know who Joe Cocker was, and you were a Joe Cocker fan. Yeah, definitely. and I knew I knew all his songs, but I just didn't know who he was. Um, but that was a good concert, man. <laughs>
0: From what I remember. Yes, it
1: was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we had
0: a good time. Um, We also, when did we see Tone Loke? Why do I remember that?
1: We went to the fair. That was when, that was like senior (laughs) year. We went to the fair. We saw the Flunky Cole Medina.
0: And we saw Rod Stewart at some point. Did we? Yep.
1: I don't remember Rod Stewart.
0: I don't know why I remember that. <clears throat>
1: Actually, I remember
0: Amy Baker saying that um, his song, one of his songs, she kept calling it the pain song. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, we were all riding there and she was singing his pain song. Anyway, I don't know why that, I don't even know who opened up for him. I don't remember that at all.
1: I don't remember that concert at all. Apparently. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I'm i pretty sure I didn't go with Amy Baker alone. I, I, no, I, Amy
1: was my buddy, so I'm, I'm sure that we went, but um, I just don't remember it.
0: It was a very last-minute thing. We hadn't really planned it.
1: Oh, okay. That could be, could be... Okay. And just a lot of this seems hazy because we were, we were party Young. girls back back in the... <laughs> in the when, we, when we were seniors in high school, we were out drinking a lot of beer and... Spirits. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess.
1: Um, it's one way to say it. Sure. Yeah. yeah that's, that's I, I can't saying. believe
0: we never went to New Orleans together. I mean, I know that I went that way. Well, one time. I was
1: supposed to go with y'all after graduation, but that's when my grandfather died and I had to go to the funeral. So, right.
0: I'm just saying that we never made that trip together. No, no. Rising. Again. But I only went once. So, or actually, I went a couple of times, but well, not anything I like I remember,
1: I mean, again, so foggy. Um, I remember like one night I got in the car with Wendy and Mike Hand and um, Kurt Berry, I think, and like somebody else. And we were going to go to New Orleans and I was like, I don't need to be doing this. And I think I, I got them to drop me off in Hattiesburg and I rode back with Tara Tudor and her boyfriend. <laughs> to, because to, I was like, I mean, my parents will kill me. You know, I can't do this. <laughs> I was that kid. I was the kid who was friends with the bad kids who did the crazy stuff. But then, like, oh
0: my kids. lord, you are making yourself sound angelic and oh my, no, it's God. not.
1: i No, <laughs> but I was not going to run away from home. That's what, that was the whole thing. Is I was like, she's running away from home, and I can't do that. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. So, okay. So, more about me, I guess. Um, I went to Eastern Illinois University after that. After I left Mississippi.
1: And I came up there when you were moving in your dorm?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't think you saw my first roommate. No, I,
1: I just remember I came up there.
0: My first year.
1: Your first year, yeah,
0: and I think it was even the summer after my first year. I
1: think so. I think so.
0: Because it was like I was, I could hang out with Bob and all of them in Decatur, which was like a forty-five minute drive. Yeah, and that was fun. What do you think of Decatur? I, remember
1: I thought I was crashing into a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> i was on this little like puddle jumper from chicago to decatur and i thought oh lord we're gonna crash because there was like corn everywhere It was very children of the corn and i was kind (laughs) of nervous and then we landed there you are yay and it was different it was not i guess because um i always thought of illinois like chicago and places like that and this was so not that way um It was very industrial. That's what I remember. It was a very industrial area. And I remember, like, we were riding around in that Jeep. Who had the Jeep?
0: Uh, That would have been Bob.
1: And Bob's Jeep. And we went by Blue Mountain. We went to some bar called the Red Dog Bar. Do you remember that? It was, like, (laughs) in the middle of nowhere. And it's very strange.
0: (laughs) Oh, that sounds strange. Kind of like Decatur. Actually, Christy would be much better at going, oh, yes, I know exactly where that's at.
1: <laughs> it was in a cornfield. <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere. But we had been riding around and we I saw um there was like an Indian mound or something at Blue Mountain or, or Blue Mound or somewhere.
0: It's Blue Mound. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I remember seeing that and was, it was surprised to see that. It was just an interesting trip. It was a very, very culture shock. We did go to... This is when karaoke just started, and you took me karaoke-ing. Uh Uh-huh. Good. And I fell out of the Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, going to be so smooth and, like, jump out of the back of the Jeep, and, like, I kind of did a ninja roll or something. But, um... Uh I don't really
0: remember that either. It was
1: very graceless of me. I just kind of... um. I can't imagine how that looked. But yeah, that was at the carrying. I have place. killed
0: a lot of brain cells, is what I'm figuring out from this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't remember the ninja roll. I don't remember. I remember
1: that Bob had a roommate whose name yep. also was Bob. Bobby and he Brownlee. was dating this girl and she was really enjoying telling me all about all of her f- family members who were in prison. And you finally looked <laughs> at me and you said, she's just telling you that to see how you'll react.
0: I don't know. Was she?
1: I don't know. I just remember she had, I called her sailor because she had such a bad mouth. And now here, look at me, you know, years later, I've got a potty mouth. But she <laughs> she had a very foul mouth. Very foul.
0: I wonder which one that was. Was her name Sean?
1: Possibly. I'm not sure. I just remember she had the sailor mouth.
0: Yeah. And he
1: called her sailor. So I don't remember.
0: <laughs> well, I yeah. I'm sure that he didn't exactly date the nicest gals. That's Bobby Brownlee. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. So graduated from Eastern and then got my master's from Eastern as well. And then started, um, actually, there were two people that kind of recruited me to come work there and I could kind of do whatever I wanted, but I also was like their workhorse, if that makes sense. And that was um, in Charleston where Eastern was. And a couple different jobs in between that. And then I ended up working in Shelbyville and pretty much had my own, like building, like a drop in center, and also did domestic violence offender work, which is kind of what I really became passionate about. And um, so I was running offender groups and then got engaged to John Petroski and he was in Chicago saving up money to get me a ring I believe.
1: Now you met John y'all both did the um, Uh counseling program together is that right?
0: I was a year ahead of him yes. So I was in the counseling program and he would call and ask me questions and I used to think he loved talking on the phone and he informed me years later, no, I didn't like talking on the phone. <laughs> I go, he like yes, me. <laughs> you do. He used to call me all the time. And he's like, I was calling to talk to you. I didn't care about it <laughs> because I wasn't really, because I just wanted to have a reason to call you. And I go, oh. <laughs> so I didn't realize that at the time. But,
1: yeah. Well, let's get back to the offender work. So when you work with the offenders, can you tell us a little bit about the program and protocols that you established?
0: Um, Illinois had um, standards that you could go by. Um, they had protocol standards for you, and um, I got that done. Well, I started the process when I was working at Abcon, the first job, and then when I went to Shelbyville and was working there, I I had the site visit and all that stuff. So I was pretty much protocol approved. Um. But then I was leaving. So, because there was going to be a change at the head of it, basically they didn't give the protocol approval until, and well, they ended up not because they didn't work as well with the victims' advocates and so forth. So, <clears throat> I considered well, myself a victims' advocate the whole time. And, well,
1: and, and do you feel like this work that you've done in the past that it kind of drew you into true crime uh, I know that you've got a passion for watching documentaries and yes you like serial killers <laughs> not like like them um, like I of don't like
0: know. like them um, yeah but I like them but I you like mean you, you have a
1: definite interest in crime and the the, the you know mindsets of, of people yes. who commit them yes. and is that did that play part of um, this work that you've done or did it feed that or um, um
0: I think it was a little bit of both, because um, I've always been, I've always watched the t- true crime stories. I'm very into documentaries and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it it definitely fed that, but it also, it went along with what I was studying already, and um, doing the offender work, <clears throat> that's... That was me um, saying, let's go to the root of the problem rather than continuing to treat victims um, and giving them resources. Let's stop new victims from happening if we can. So that was kind of my thought on it. It wasn't a bunch more than that. But then, yeah, I got I got a little burnout on the domestic violence stuff.
1: I'm sure. It's so um... it's heavy. Yeah, it's real heavy, real heavy, so, but still, um, like I said, I feel like it, to me, all of that feeds into why you're a great host for the Murders, Mysteries, and Mayhem, and when you've been on the show, we we usually have some spectacular, um, conversations. I know that it was your idea to do the first, um, episode that we did, and that was on, um, that big, tall guy, Yeah, Edward Kemper. Mm-hmm. And then we did the um and I think you missed it cuz you you had to work. I was um McDonald.
0: Yeah. The McDonald's story but, is fascinating to me.
1: But we did Do Star 80 and that was a good one. Um yep. we've had some good ones. We did that Internet Killer and just so y'all know, one of the reasons that we did the the first internet serial killer that was a guy that they um he was putting his victims in barrels and they found the barrels full of the women. But Jennifer and I, when we were young and y'all heard us talk about, you know, how carefree we were, we were living our best life when we were 18 as most 18 year olds should. But you know, we were not as cautious and careful as we should have been. (laughs) And I mean, we're really lucky that we didn't end up in a barrel. And I've made that comment. that's how we ended up with the barrel talk. But um. But but there was a different time then, you know, you could, well, I guess it wasn't because we just didn't know. It wasn't.
0: I mean, it really was around that time period where he started. Yeah. It was when we were out doing the stupid stuff. We're lucky we weren't in barrels. Like, that's not, I mean, it's funny, but it's also very true
1: well i joke when i tell this the story is when i went to see jennifer um the last thing my mother said as they they put me on the plane was remember ted bundy looked like a nice guy too and Mm -hmm. i mean this was not long after the ted bundy thing all came out i mean this was you know 1990 91 and the ted bundy stuff that was all like in the 80s right Um, 70s and 80s
0: it was yeah 70s. Yeah, he got, he
1: got caught in the 80s, I think. Anyway, um, and she she tried to get that across to me, was that Ted Bundy looked like a normal person, you know? And it just really didn't sink mm-hmm. in. I just thought she was trying to scare me. And she also told me, don't put my purse down, <laughs> you know?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going up to that Yankee northern area.
1: Well, she was just, you know, th- <laughs> I can only imagine how, how frightened they were to send me as naive and stupid as I was out, you know, to Chicago and and all that, um, changing planes and
0: Well yeah, you flew right into Decatur, Illinois.
1: Yeah, I changed planes in Chicago. And that's yeah. where she was telling me like when you change planes and you use the bathroom, don't put your purse down and right. know, don't don't put it you know, people people get those purses. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That but, um, but I joke about it, but I mean, it was a good point. She had, she just, you know, I don't think she told me the way I could hear it. Or maybe well, I was when people would
0: say, it. oh my gosh, you work with the offenders, aren't you ever scared? And I'm like, I'm not the target. You know, I'm not the person. I go, they connect me right or wrong. They connect me with the courts and they connect me with being in trouble. So most of them were on most occasions. Very much gentlemen would, you know, let me help you with that. Let me help you carry these things. Let me well, and when I'd have a little dust up with one of them, like somebody says something kind of off color and, and I'm like, okay. And we had to have a talk. Well, then my car would end up getting scratched. It wasn't that they came after me. They would they would do things to show you I'm mad, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, because of And I I say this, you know, years later, um, but when I was young, I grew up in a bubble. I grew up, Brandon, Mississippi is very much a controlled environment. Um, Mississippi, in a lot of ways, is a controlled environment. But um, when I went to college, that first year at college, you remember I had that stalker? Yeah. And this, this was someone who was, you know... Calling my house at all hours of the night, telling me they were going to um, kill me and rape me in that order, and then um, the next morning, my roommate went to go get us some breakfast, and the minute she left, because she was like, "Do you want to go with me?" I was like, "No, I didn't sleep at all. I'm just gonna stay here," and I was scared to death. I mean, again, just you know, fresh faced, eighteen, my first time out in the real world, and um, the phone rang, and it was him, and he goes, "I know you're alone." So I knew he was watching and that was terrifying. And you know at that time you just shook it off my my dad of course, you know, I had, had to go to the police and I had to report it and my dad was like if I find out who's going to do it, you know, they don't they don't want me to find out who's going to do it. And it turned out to be one of my friends that lived um in the apartment complex with us. It was his friend from high school who was, FYI, on a church scholarship to become a pastor at um, William Carey College in Hattiesburg. Wow. Yeah, and um, the guy that I I was friends with.
0: You have to really quickly say this is pre-cell phone. Everybody yeah. had, didn't have a cell phone.
1: Yeah, no, this is definitely, this was, this was in 1990. It was before cell phones, before, you know, much. Um, but we would f- come out, we would come out of the house and there would be condoms on the door and stuff like that. And it turned out this guy, again, he was friends with someone who lived in my apartment complex, who we had become friends with when we moved in and we were all around the same age. But luckily, the guys that lived upstairs from me, I had these big old rednecks that lived upstairs. I called them Tex and the Woodman. I don't know how old they were, but they were, you know, they were going to school at Southern. And um, they were like, if you have any trouble, you hit the ceiling with a broom and we'll be right down. So, you know, that afforded me some feeling of protection. But I went home the next semester. I didn't stay for a second semester down there. I was too scared. And moved back in with my parents. So. Well,
0: yeah. So that was. That's a great example of you think you know somebody. Or people think that they're such nice guys.
1: Yeah. Well, and he only stopped. When the, the guy I was friends with, he told him. And the guy said, her daddy's going to kill you. <laughs> and my dad had friends who lived in that town and he told them he and he said look you know she's she's got people who live down here and they'll figure when they figure out who it is because you remember growing up my dad's best friends were in the fbi and in the secret service so it wasn't going to be hard for him to to figure out who it was but um that guy stopped that's what my little friend told him he's like you better stop and he did but um I mean, I I still remember that guy. That's the scary stuff. I think about think about the barrels <laughs> and stuff like that, and I just uh, you know the stories that we we tell ourselves. But
0: well, and that guy was very interesting to me because at the time it was when I first moved here that it was all coming out in the news, like the barrels were being found and that kind of stuff. And I had and that
1: was that was up there in Kansas City, and that was when you yes. were pregnant, right?
0: Yeah, I was. I was got married. I had a baby, and like all this stuff is coming out, and I had no idea. Like, (laughs) I know it was a big story. I know it was like national
1: news, but I,
0: I barely remember hearing about it because I wasn't watching news that year.
1: Just so y'all know, um, that was the John Edward Robinson. He was the considered the first internet killer. We we did do a show on him, which we need to do more of these shows. They are so interesting and they're fun to do and. It's it's a lot of fun to see what um everybody else comes up with. The research. I love to do the research with you and I love to do the research with just our whole team is we, we all come with something different to the table. Especially Scott. And I mean, we were joking around saying that we're like it's like Scott and the Angels instead of Bosley. <laughs> you know? Um Yeah. So
0: well and what's interesting about it to me too is that there are so many times when you hear about BDSM like being not, not threatening, not, not scary, but um, it's like, it's a darker side of things. And he was very much into that. And (laughs) the way that he got caught, which kind of makes me laugh now is that he had invited somebody up. I believe she was from Texas. And when, she came up, she brought all her toys, and he said, well, just keep them here, and, you know, when you come back, when I move you back here on a permanent basis, then, you know, you'll have all your stuff, and it'll already be here. Well, then he never gave them back. So, she, like, really, literally reported him to the law.
1: Well, you don't mess <laughs> with Texas. <laughs> but he was sex
0: toys. <laughs> but he had a lot of them, of hers. So, she was, like, serious about getting them back.
1: Well, so. I, I, I know people who um are are into that type of lifestyle, and I just think that um just like with anything, is you're going to land Landis, Landis say they're expensive. They are <laughs> That's right. true. Give them give that woman her toys back. Avoided, but but yeah, there's a lot of people in that lifestyle, but it also calls to I mean, it's, I don't know how to say this. To me, I can see where it would be easy to predate there. Um, Because especially back in the beginning of the internet taking off is um, it was, we were going from a time of where there was a lot more innocence and a lot more trust and people just didn't realize the dark side of things that were out there. And this Robinson case was a really good, um, because uh, he was a he was an interesting case subject to me because he didn't really fit the profile of like a serial killer. He was someone. I mean, he was like a. It was an opportunity for him, um, mm-hmm. more so than it was. I think like with Kemper, who you know was cutting off heads and burying them, yeah. looking up at his mother's bedroom window, um. Just well, think-
0: the, the thing with his, like, the child that he stole from the woman. He kills the woman, steals the, steals the child from her, and gives it to his brother-in-law. Yeah. Like, his wife's brother. and And the young girl sees a picture of the mom that was killed and the baby in the picture and realizes, oh, my... Uncle John was really, he stole me from my, my biological mom.
1: That's so creepy.
0: Yeah. She's watching from Chicago. She's watching some show and realizes that's me as a baby. Oh my gosh. That's my mom. It's crazy. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, I've always been fascinated with that kind of stuff. I mean, I, just getting into the mind of a serial killer. And a lot of it started when I, um, what did he call it? Um, into the Darkness, I think, was one of his books. And um, it was this, why can I never think of the show, Heather?
1: Mind on- Hunters.
0: Thank you. I read the book. You would think that would stick with me, but it does not. But Mind Hunters was the guy who actually is behind that book um it was fascinating to me he was an fbi profiler it was something that really came out when i was starting to do the work that i was going to end up doing he's the
1: one that he was like he was with ted bundy when ted bundy was taken to um was he lethal injection or gas chamber well and
0: there's so much more to go on mindhunter show and like the btk killer that's out of wichita i mean there's yeah, still okay. people here talking about btk like if you were a family member live there i mean they used to go and before they'd walk into their house they'd go make sure their phone line was still okay
1: yeah well and one of the um episodes I would like to see us do and I know that this is a little bit off topic but you remember I told you about um that police chief that was around your area somewhere that he got fired for losing his shit excuse my language people um but I mean, there's no other way to just say it I mean, he just he really just lost it and he blacked out but he attacked a um
0: a man who had drowned his baby.
1: Right. And the police chief and one of the other officers had gone out there to save the baby. And he resigned on the spot because he knew he knew that he was wrong and what he had done. But um, the the people there really stood around him for that. And I mean, it's a fascinating case because to me, it really it really makes you question right and wrong and the letter of the law versus the intention of the law you know it's but that might not be a weird murders mysteries or mayhem thing it's very mayhem though very mayhem <laughs> <laughs> lots of mayhem involved in the, beating that guy's butt but that was a really interesting case So i just like to to talk about it sometime yeah but, so what kind of topics do you want to talk about coming up i mean do you have any besides jfk that you're really interested in tackling
0: Um. There's always ones that I've watched that I would love to know. Kind of, I, I mean, I know you guys did the Jeffrey McDonald one, and I, I think that's fascinating. But I would like to know, like, where the case is at, like, because he is asked repeatedly to have DNA. Tested.
1: Well, the last, the what I found in regards to that was that when COVID happened, he tried to get out on a COVID pass because of his health, and. Okay. There is there's some really good sites. I'll send them to you. There's some that like they keep them up to date pretty, you know, from his from his new wife to um, her family, the wife the wife that he murdered's family, allegedly murdered, I should say, um, but I believe he did it. But he was also, found guilty. So we... yeah, I would really like to do that one in South Africa that I was telling you about, where the lady survived, because that was. That was so, so crazy. Um, those guys. They were serial rapists. And they had raped these two other women. And been um, pointed out in lineups. And so they decided. They were going to kill this lady. And she lived. And I mean how she lived. I mean it was. I don't know how she did it. But that was a really good. We should find more stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know what people are interested in.
0: Well and I i don't know if you've thought about that, But Mindhunters is full of people. That they interviewed. Like. Um, Spectre. um, yeah. God, his last, his first name, I don't remember, but like, he's the one that raped all those nurses that were in nursing school. Yeah, in the yeah, the,
1: it, that was Chicago, wasn't it? I was believe so. Yes. Um, there's just a lot of cases that I think would be interesting to, to go in and research and pull from.
0: Yeah, we can definitely do that. Well, I ended up getting married and moved here in 2000 and that's when the barrel stuff started coming out and then (laughs) I didn't pay attention to it at all so it was nice to revisit that just to kind of get an idea of what happened um he definitely was he was somebody who thought of it as an opportunity like yeah he would kill these women for a reason like I'm gonna benefit off of whatever like that one woman and her daughter
1: well the daughter wasn't she like um on like medicaid or something yeah social security and he was getting their social security checks or something yeah
0: yeah like he would benefit by getting their checks basically Mm
1: -hmm. yeah he was more like a like a like a hardened criminal to me more so than like i said than just a a psychopath Definitely somebody. a psychopath I got dream I got dreaming puppies in the background I don't know if y'all can hear that but somebody is barking
0: Oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> So Landa what kind of stuff do you want to see I don't know if y'all can hear that I get tickled every time they do that
0: They're they're snoring
1: She's barking in her sleep it's winter she's over there <laughs> Well, Lost Landa.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Oh well. Yeah, I'm interested to see what we can come up with. Um,
0: That that's like a plethora of different people that we could cover. Like, do you want to try and do do, like?
1: um, Oh, there she's back. All the stuff you mentioned sounds good. (laughs) Um, Do you want to try and do like? I think once or twice a month coming forward. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, even if it's just me and you, one, we're not going to, we're not going to, everybody's so committed right now to doing all the stuff. So, um. but yeah, I miss the, I miss the true crime stuff.
0: I do too. And I think it's fun to just talk about cases and new research that you found on it or what I found out.
1: Well, and uh, did you do the Girl Scout murders with me?
0: I believe because so. that
1: one had been solved, and that was interesting too. Was to see that they had finally, after all these years, put that one to rest. But um, it still had a lot of unanswered questions. But it was interesting.
0: Yeah, and that woman who was like the Broadway star was supposed to be in the tent next to them or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um. What is her name? I can't even remember her name. That little bitty lady with the the, with the big voice. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, Jennifer, that's coming up on an hour, so okay. I know we were not going to do this that long, but anything you want to tell anybody before we go?
0: I don't know. Have I not covered everything about me and my history? <laughs> Let's see. I think we left uh, out
1: Gary, but. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did, thankfully, huh? Yeah. Um, if you want to hear that, that's the three minute podcast.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. you can go. I'm plugging can go it for like, Logan. There you go. You can go over to Logan's and, and <laughs> listen to the Gay story. Um
0: And you get two perspectives. You can have mine and Heather's.
1: That's right.
0: From Gayley. Um, yeah, I got, I think that pretty much covers yeah. what I do.
1: Well, in the meantime, if people want to reach you, they can find you on our website, and that's going to be at Um And always, you can find us on all the places.
0: Well, thanks for <laughs> doing the interview, Miss Heather.
1: <laughs> thank you for doing it, Jen, and um, Landa. Thank you for participating. We always love to have you on board with us. <laughs> but. There's a lot coming up today, Landa, are also going to be doing Morgana and hopefully Rich Restucci. So we should have a couple of more coming towards you. And I think Morgana is actually even going to do one for me. So we're just trying to get our stuff out there and get people getting to know us a little bit better. And hopefully y'all can start having more conversations with us. And, and Landa,
0: you're right. It was more uh, interesting. And we did talk sex stories. Look at there
1: all in one day. <laughs> we did not talk sex stories here, did we?
0: Sex talk about sex toys.
1: Oh, okay. Because that is a whole nother conversation.
0: <laughs> she said thanks for making uh, the day more interesting.
1: We'll so. <laughs> <laughs> have to have an all girls talk soon. <laughs> and same time um for... Well, this week we're actually not doing our Weird um, weird Wednesday. Scott Baker is going to be doing a panel with some zombie apocalypse writers. And they're going to be doing a panel for the Resident Evil um, series. that's on Netflix. So y'all be sure to turn in on Wednesday. And that's going to be, I believe, at 9 p.m. Central Um, I'll get get the dates and times out for y'all later But that will be happening on Wednesday night And then we'll be back on Thursday With Watching Weird And Friday with Weird Awakenings So Until then guys Stay weird Thanks, bye Bye